Welcome to Outside Source Football. This is a show about what's going on inside the NFL. Your hosts, Evan Mick and Ty Ruddy, bring the latest predictions and updates from the league. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to Outside Source Football. Here on 101.7 Radio Free Hillsdale. My name is Evan Mick and I am joined here by... Ty Ruddy. And this week we'll be ranking our top five recruits from the 2023 NFL Draft ranking our top 10 receivers from the 2023 draft. I will be doing a segment where I become a Lions GM, and then we will rank our top five teams for the 2023 NFL season. But before we move on to that, I'm, um, I'm going to talk about something a little more serious real quick, and then we can move on to the football. So regarding um, all the DeMar Hamlin stuff that has happened in this last week, two weeks, and I just want to say something a real, little quick. Yeah, he wore his jacket. I'm not going to comment on what I think of the jacket. That doesn't what I think doesn't really matter. It's not my opinion that matters. It's not really probably your opinion that matters. But what matters is that some people reacted as if we shouldn't have prayed for him because he wore this jacket. I've seen comments saying we we prayed for this guy. How did we? How does he just go and like do that to us? But even if this like means he was even if this was a rebellion against God, whatever. We never prayed for him because he was Christian, and so that's all I really have to say on the subject. And we can move on to top five big board. So we're gonna start with you here, Ty. Uh, your number five. Yeah. I have Tyree Wilson. I decided to move him down from last week. Last week, I think I had him at like an absurd number two. But I've decided to move him down because I think... So first of all, he plays for Texas Tech. And I said I love his size, which is true, I do. But I'm not sure about the competition he sees in the Big 12. And from the tape that I saw on him, it kind of looked like he relies on his size more than anything else and his speed or I'm sorry, he relies on his size more than anything else and not on his speed. And I think that's just going to be detrimental if he continues to do that to the NFL. So I I bumped him down to number five from number two. So my list this week, uh, I did something a little different. I based mine just on pure talent, so I have no positional value at all, except I don't have any kickers or punters. Sorry, kickers and punters. So number five, I have Will Anderson Jr., and you guys are going to be like, he's a defensive player, but at least listen to the rest of my list. Hear me out. But I like Will Anderson Jr. I don't love Will Anderson Jr. I think he'll be a star. I don't think he's quite the total package for me. I don't know what it is. If it's the, like, he gets sacks on a lot of broken plays, and that's not his fault. That's something that's so, I hate it when people don't credit, like, people for creating broken plays. But I just think that he's not, that number one amazing athlete that people think he is. I think he'll be a star, but I don't think he's that athlete that, that people quite think he is. Okay, so on to, on to your number four. Yeah. Number four, I think uh, this is where I had him last week. I have CJ Stroud uh, for the same reasons. I really have a whole lot else to say other than that. Okay, my number four, based on pure talent once again, is Peter Skronowski. He's the left tackle out of Northwestern. He's, for his size, he's quick, especially his first step, which is insanely important for an offensive lineman. He's a better 
better pass blocker than last year's prospect, in my opinion, any of last year's prospects. And I could see him at guard, but I would see him more as a franchise left tackle. He does a great job engaging with his hands and not letting defensive line defensive linemen or linebackers like get their hands on him and be able to disengage. Uh, the only, and I mean only, because he's number four, so this is a really small thing, is that he seems to be off balanced on his first step at times, which makes me a little bit nervous on like reach blocks where he has to get around, get around a defensive end who's on the inside of him and wall him off. But in my mind, I mean, he can play tackle, he can play guard if you need him to, and he's an elite athlete. So on to your number three. Yeah. My list is pretty similar as it was last week, but I think I moved him. I moved Jalen Carter up to number three, and now that I'm sitting here, I think I should have moved him up a little bit higher, but I'm going to keep him at number three just for uh, convenience sake. Uh, Like you said last week, he's just, just a freak athlete for his size, and he's got incredible, like incredible ball skills. And you said last week that you think he's the best, what did you say, best prospect you've ever seen play? We'll just late for my list. We'll, we'll see. Okay. Well, I moved him up to number three, and I'll leave it at that. For my number three, once again, based on pure talent, I have Bijan Robinson. Um, I don't think you can get on a talent board and not see Bijan Robinson in the top five. Probably pound for pound, as far as pound for pound goes, best athlete in the draft. I don't think he's quite what Saquon was, like Saquon people have compared him to. I think that he's pretty close. He's not quite to that level, though. But, I mean, he can read holes well. He's extremely fast. He's an athlete. He's just a total package. So, for my number two, it sounds like we have a little bit different criteria or standards this week. And I kept Bryce Young at number two for this week because I still think he's better than Stroud and... I think it's the Texans who have the number two overall pick, and I think he would work extremely well in their franchise. So I've heard reports that people think that, I guess these are more of guesses than reports, but people think that he's like 175 pounds, and I just, I, I would love to see his weight at the combine. Combine, not super important, except for figuring, figuring out uh, measurements mm-hmm. for like people. So it'll be a very, very interesting one. Okay, so for my number two, I have Jackson Smith, the receiver out of Ohio State. Um, Another guy I mentioned last week, just an amazing athlete. I thought he was better than Garrett Wilson, uh, and Wilson won Offensive Rookie of the Year last year. I don't care about the injury concerns. I'm willing to draft him anyways. Yeah, I like JSN in the top five, I think. I think that's a good idea for next week maybe. But for number one, I put Will Anderson at number one. I think that... You said you said you don't think that he's the incredible athletic talent that a lot of people see him as. I do. Uh, I just think his ability to create something of a broken play is unrivaled right now. And so I think I got him at number one. Yep. And at my number one, I have Jalen Carter, the defensive tackle from Georgia. I think that he's the best defensive tackle I've ever seen play. Now, I didn't, like, watch older football, but – I think as far as prospects go, he's the best prospect in this draft based on pure talent. If you watch what he's doing every single play, it's absolutely insane. You're listening to Outside Source Football on 101.7. We're going to be moving on to our top 10 wide receiver rankings. So I'm going to go first because I have three more players. So I ranked the top 10. He ranked the top 7. My number 10 is Cedric Tilsman out of Tennessee. 
Uh, I think you know what you're getting. He's a decent wide receiver too. Not super flashy, but he gets the job done. At number nine, I have his teammate, Jalen Hyde out of Tennessee also. I think he's a good deep threat, but he's not the route runner that I want to see, and I think he's kind of overrated in this draft. I think his hands are good. They're, he could be better than Downs, who I have at eight, but low, low, low floor. At number eight, I have Josh Downs. Um, he'll be a solid wide receiver too somewhere as well. Uh, I think he's very consistent, and I don't think you can really mess up a draft pick with him because he's going to be a solid number two as long as you don't waste a first-rounder or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I, my number seven is uh, Josh Downs, so I agree with you. Uh, he'll be a wide receiver number two somewhere. He's got questionable size, about 5'10", 175. He had a decent year with somewhere around like 100 receptions and just over 1,000 yards. So so not bad in the ACC, but he's not going to be a, a star. But I think you're right, maybe a wide receiver too. At number seven, I have Rashid Rice out of Southern Methodist University. I also think that he is kind of overhyped. I think that he played good against bad talent. Now, he took advantage of it well. I do credit him for that. He's a good receiver, but he's not the fourth best in the class, as I've seen him ranked. Great college career. Like I said, he took advantage of the bad talent that he got to play against. I can't take away from him there, but he didn't show out against them like wide receiver ones do. I kind of have the same fears for him this year as I had for Sky Moore last year. And Sky Moore didn't score a single touchdown until the Super Bowl, where he scored a wide-open one based on scheme, not based on his own talent. So I think that they're similar kind of players, and I just it makes me nervous. Uh, my number six is Zay Flowers. He's another guy who's kind of like Josh Downs. Similar size, almost exactly the same size, actually, about 5'10", 170. And I think they have similar playing styles. He's from Boston College. Yeah, and I think he'll be another... A solid wide receiver number two, but he's not going to go high in the draft. So my number six is Marvin Mims. I think that he is what people think Jalen Hyatt will be. I think he has amazing concentration. If you watch him make some of the catches that he makes, just elite focus, uh, watching that ball right into his hands, never loses track of it. He has good speed. He's a good deep threat. And I like his release package and his ability to make the first man miss immediately after the catch. So I just think that what people think Jalen Hyatt is, this great deep threat, this guy who can outspeed all these guys. That doesn't really work as well in the NFL. But I think that what Marvin Mims has, even though he wasn't as good in college, he is a better NFL level talent package. So that's why he's number six. My number five is my number five is Jordan Addison from USC. He has been super productive in his college career despite his size he's not very big he's he's fast he's he's got a projected like 4 4 40 time and obviously we'll have to wait to the combine to see that I think I think he'll be a, a solid slot player in the NFL in college he was able to rely on his speed uh, and you talk about the step up in talent from college to the NFL he's not going to be able to re- rely on his speed quite as much so he's not going to be a Tyreek Hill type slot player but I think he'll be a nice underneath guy I don't think we'll ever see another Tyreek Hill type slot player (laughs) ever again in any draft probably fair yeah so my number five is an LSU Tiger named Kayshawn Booty I'm I'm gonna say Booty B-O-U-T-T-E I'm not really positive on that 
He's got the size. He runs routes like Kelsey. I'm not saying he's Travis Kelsey. Don't quote me on that. Don't don't take that out of context. But he gets open even though he doesn't seem to be running fast. Um, He's amazing, amazing against zone because he always be, is able to stop in the right uh, lanes because he's, he's a very smart player. He won't always make pure hand catches. That does always make me nervous a little bit. But I think that he'll be a solid wide like an amazing wide receiver two or an okay wide receiver one somewhere if they can get him uh in the right places in the right scheme so for number four uh i have jalen hyatt he's got decent size he's about six feet tall he has stupid speed so when you when you watched him against bama you could kind of tell that he's he was a great deep threat in the nfl or i'm sorry he was a great deep threat in college i'm not sure how that's going to work for him in the nfl but regardless, he has stupid speed. I saw an estimate for his 40 time at around 4.29, and again, we'll have to wait for the combine. But I think he is, maybe besides someone who I'm going to get to later, maybe the most NFL-ready player, NFL-ready wide receiver in this draft. I think he saw unbelievable competition in the SEC as shown by his five touchdowns against Alabama. Uh, I have a question on that. So, what do you? Th- why do you think, if you have him at your number four receiver, that although I cannot take away from his Alabama game, he played mm-hmm. amazing. Why do you think that he played bad against all the other SEC teams and put up all his stats other than the Bama game against like horrible teams? What do you mean bad? Like, like not SEC. <laughs> okay. Well, let me let me look up some stats here. It's kind of on the spot. But um, my so my problem with Jalen Hyatt is that I think people will try to recreate Tyler Kill like has been done a hundred times. Yeah, failed with John Ross, failed with Henry Ruggs, failed with many players. Of course, those two both specifically had other problems other than their speed. But it just it wasn't the creation that Tyree Kill was, and people try to replicate it, but it just doesn't work. So I'll actually give it to you. It looks like some of his stats against lesser known teams or not quite as good teams, were sort of, what would you say? Um, They bring up the rest of his stats. Questionable? Okay, here we go. Got the rest of the stats right here. Okay, so two receptions, 28 yards against Ball State. Three receptions, 86 yards against Vanderbilt. What's another one here? 63 yards in the loss to Georgia. But on the whole... He was fifth in the FBS with 1,200 yards uh, and 15 touchdowns on the year. Obviously, a third of those came from the Bama game, but I, I, I don't think you can really take that away from him because yeah, it's Bama. it is Bama, and I get that. Of course, Bama's defense wasn't what it was, but it's still an SEC team, and they still are one of the better SEC teams. But that's just that's my comment on Jalen Hyatt. That's my pushback to his uh, all of his love. Okay, so going on to my number four, I have Zay Flowers from Boston College. I love watching Zay Flowers. He's a fun, athletic guy. I mean, I don't really know what to say, but he's like my kind of guy. He's the kind of receiver that I would want to coach. He's not the athlete that all these guys in the draft are, but he's just he's a smart player. He's nice and shifty, and he runs good, 
smart routes. That's uh, it's everything. Safe flowers, number four. Number three, I have uh, Rashid Rice from from Southern Methodist, Southern Methodist Uni- University. Southern Methodist University. Yes. Uh, he was a deep threat in college. I think he'll be the same thing in the NFL. He's got nice speed. Your comment on competition, I am a competition guy, so your comment on competition was something that I guess I didn't really think about, and that's fairly concerning, but I think I think he can make up for it. Yeah, we both have him above Jalen Hyatt, so that's actually kind of interesting. <laughs> uh, my number three, this is probably where most people will be like, what, you're out of your absolute mind. I have Quinton Johnson. So I think that he uses his physicals well. I think that um, he's a better athlete than the player that I have at the two spot, uh, similar to the player I have at the one. But he boxes out corners. I mean, obviously, great athlete, but I'm just not sold. He makes a lot of body catches. He does a lot of stupid, stupid stuff. And I just think that his first year, he's going to have a whole bunch of drops because the quarterbacks throw a lot harder than Max Duggan. Max Duggan does not throw the ball that hard. And I, he's not the route runner that any of these really other guys are. He just is big and athletic, which is not bad. DK Metcalf was just big and athletic, but he was a slightly better route runner even. But it just it just scares me a little bit. He scares me as a prospect. Yeah, DK was one person that I was going to kind of draw some comparison to. I think DK is better than Quentin Johnson just because uh, – Is Quentin Johnson your number two? Yeah, yeah I'm sorry, yes. Quentin, he is my number two. I was hesitant to put him at number one, and you'll see why. And I've seen a lot of football sites, news sites, putting him at number one because they say he is the most NFL-ready wide receiver in the draft. I do think he is NFL-ready. He had over 1,000 yards, six TDs, first team all Big 12, two years straight. He did nothing in the game against Georgia, and that is very concerning. He has obviously got nice size, but I think – his lack of ability to perform against Georgia is quite concerning. I actually think he's like the least ready NFL wide receiver in oh, this really? draft class. Yeah, because of the hands catches thing. Like okay. he catches the ball with his body. Yeah. He's got to work on that. I think his route running needs a lot, a lot of work. Like I said, I just think that people like him because of his athleticism. And I don't blame them. He's my number three. But I'm just saying, I think that people are oversold on his athleticism when his route running and his other capabilities are lacking yeah so my number two i have jordan addison um i can go back and forth really between two and three if i like really wanted to i have jordan addison at two right now Uh, he's not as big or physical but he's got so much better hands i love his when he comes out of his break on a hitch which means that he has or a comeback uh he has the ability to cut well i would like to see a little bit more on like posts, like a, that ability to break down and lower your center of gravity in order to make a clean cut that will fake out a defensive back. I want him to work on that, but I think that he has shown me that he can do it based on his other route running. Other guys in this class have not amazing hands. All right, on to your number one. So I think we're going to have the same number one, it sounds like. I think we do, because yeah. if he's not on your top seven list, we have <laughs> we have pretty big problems. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be JSN for me. He is just so fun to watch. Like, I love his playing style. 
He's got crazy good speed and maybe some of the best coordination for a receiver that I've seen in so long. Like, if you want proof of his coordination and just pure skill, there's a catch that he made, I think it was his freshman year, against maybe Iowa. Uh, And it was a toe-tap type catch, but he was essentially, the rest of him was out of bounds. And anyway, that that catch was just unbelievable. And I've been watching him for the past, was it been two years, three years? Well, Uh, two years, but he didn't play a lot this year. Yeah, okay, yeah. But still, I just love his style. Uh, I think he's extremely skilled and has unbelievable coordination. Yeah, I also have JSN. Um, I think that he's better than Garrett Wilson was, and Garrett Wilson was the offensive rookie of the year. I'm going to keep hammering that, that I think that he was better than Wilson was, because I, I thought Wilson was better than Drake London, and I was right on that. So, haha, all you people who like Drake London. Um, there's maybe an injury concern, but I don't care. <laughs> if you are getting a guy who runs routes, who is as athletic, who can catch the ball as well as JSN, had 300-something yards in that bowl game last year. Absolutely insane athlete. One of the best we've ever seen. I just don't care about injury. I just, I'm willing to risk a top five pick for this guy. I am. I don't care about the injuries. I think I definitely agree with you. All right. Uh, thank you for listening to 101.7 Radio Free Hillsdale. We'll be back right after this break. back to outside source football right now we are bringing you my version of gm so last week we did ties where he became the colts gm and he talked about all the moves they had been making and all their future moves so i will be doing that for the detroit lions as i am a lions fan and i think that i create a pretty good future for them my first re-signs and you can chirp in whenever you want my re-signs are dj chark Jamal Williams, Isaiah Bugs, who's a defensive tackle, Evan Brown, our right guard, and Justin Jackson, who's a very useful player. The reason why I want Justin Jackson back is because he can play safety and running back, and a player that versatile is more valuable, even if he's not the highest level talent. So my re-signs for the right price are Deshaun Elliott, Dan Skipper, Brock Wright, Alex Anzalone, John Kaminsky, Amani Okwarie, and Mike Hughes. So I want to, I really, I wrote down that between Amani Okwarie and Mike Hughes, I want to re-sign at least one of them. If we can re-sign both for a good price, great. If we have to overpay for one and we can't get the other because we'd have to overpay for them both, then just sign one of them. In free agency, this is... So in free agency, I would like to target either Fletcher Cox, Jason Pierre-Paul, or Jordan Phillips. So Jordan Phillips last year played for the Buffalo Bills in the playoff game where they lost to the Bengals. Jordan Phillips played through a torn labrum, I think it was. It was torn something. 
but a guy like that is a good Detroit guy because I want to keep up the culture, and he's just he's also a good defensive tackle, which is where we need the most help, where at least Jason Pierre-Paul is a defensive end. Fletcher Cox, also a defensive tackle, but getting older, older than Jordan Phillips, I believe, and I would like him, but not as I want out of the three. Jordan Phillips is my favorite, but I want at least one of them. So Jason Pierre-Paul and Fletcher Cox, um, you mentioned, are both – fairly old at least what kind of contract would you sign them to would that be a one-year type thing or what so jason pierre paul i'd go for two years probably up to 40 million we got the the cap for it fletcher cox probably three years yeah i'd say three years and i'd probably be willing to pay him up to like probably similar so about i'd say 50 million total so about 17 a year as for line, so our biggest needs are defensive tackle. Obviously, that helps that, and then a uh, middle linebacker, where both Kyle Van Noy and Levante David are free agents. I would like one of those two. So Van Noy is a better straight up linebacker. Like he plays smarter. He's from the Patriots. That system always creates um, good smart players. Levante David a little bit better of an athlete better blitzer so it depends on what we want which one we want more but once again like a two-year 40 million dollar contract fan noise probably not worth as much as david is david's probably two-year 40 million which one do you want more so if i had to pick for the lions after watching so much of anzalone and oh who's the rookie we drafted the cowboy (laughs) what's his name malcolm rodriguez after watching those two I think that the ones that could bring them the most help is Kyle Vannoy because he can teach them better because Levante Davis is the better athlete. So I would rather have Kyle Vannoy. He's also probably a little bit cheaper. But if we're paying the same amount for each one of them, I would want Levante David. I would say just get him, make him blitz. Okay. So Vannoy is more of a practical move and he might be cheaper for the Lions to pick up? Correct. Correct. Okay. Um, so – the reason why I want also a defensive tackle is because all the best D-lines have rotations. You can see it really anywhere. Any of the best defensive lines, they have good rotations. Their best pass rushers are not playing 100%. Well, some of the best are playing like 80 90%, but like your average defensive tackle, not playing more than like 60% of snaps. So, so don't target a free safety. There are a lot of free safeties. And I'm afraid that somebody is going to – this is something specific, like I just don't do this. Don't target a free safety. I'm afraid somebody's going to reset the market for them, and they're going to become super, super expensive. So we, I think we can build around Tracy Walker or, like I said, if we get Deshaun Elliott for, for the right price. And then, obviously, we have Kirby Joseph. So I think that we can do well with that group, and we don't really need to sign any big free agents in that position. So in the draft, I just have my first – technically two picks but it extends back to the second round for me so what i would like to do is i would like to trade pick six and pick 17 to the arizona cardinals for pick three and pick 35 so we're only moving up three spots and then we're moving back 18 spots so i think they would be willing to do that at pick three i would like carter if he's there jalen carter would be the most helpful player the detroit lions could have and 
for if he's not there, I would like Will Anderson. And in round two, so, you know, Pene Sewell. Yep. Yeah, his brother is named Noah Sewell. He's currently the linebacker at Oregon, and I believe that he's the best linebacker in the class, even though he's not ranked as such. I would love him so much. At number 35? At number 35, yeah. Okay. And then we can also let Anzalone walk next year. So then Sewell can get a year under his belt. We can let Anzalone walk. We don't have to pay him. We can keep one of our two free agents. And we can still have Malcolm Rodriguez, who's the former six-round pick. Or Malcolm Rodriguez can become a rotational guy. And let, and we can have what we need where we have three good linebackers who are still on contract next year. And a fourth guy who probably wants to come back that we'd be willing to pay just like a decent amount. And we'd have an amazing linebacker room. Because that was our real big problem against Carolina was defensive tackle and linebacker. Um, so that's that's everything for the Lions GM. You're listening to 101.7 Radio Free Hillsdale here on Outside Source Football. Top five teams in the NFL for the 2023 season. So um, you're going to go first, number five. And I just thought it would be funny, a little bit fun. Because they have top ten odds to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, I got the, I got the Lions at number five. Being from Michigan, and the Lions having been so bad for so long, I think it's so awesome that they're actually kind of good now. At my number five, I have the brand new Lions. Yeah. Well, we got rid of the same old Lions. We are the brand new Lions. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Okay. Good. They look so scary. If. A team looks down, and it used to be like, oh, yes, we get to play Detroit. Now it's like, we have to play Detroit? Especially, like, if, if you have to come down to our field, nobody wants to do that this year. Absolutely nobody wants to come to the Lions Stadium. They have one of the best run games in football. Back-to-back, phenomenal drafts. So there's a whole bunch of guys on rookie contracts. We're not really losing anyone huge this year. We were returning both of our offensive coordinator and our defensive coordinator. We have an insane amount of cap. If we can make a splash in free agency, that would be very helpful. We have great draft picks. It's just such a beautiful spot to be in as a Lions fan. It's like the perfect storm. Being here before, they have messed it up. But this this time, it's different. It's different this time. these, These are the brand new Lions. There we go. They can new Lions. possibly mess this one up, right? <laughs> I'm not going to say. I don't, I don't want to go that <laughs> don't far. Don't jinx it. Yeah. Don't do that. All right. Out of my number four is going to be the Eagles. They lost. Luckily, they lost their offensive coordinator to the Colts. I'm a Colts fan. Uh, I don't think that will hurt them a lot. They have some big decisions in the free agency. These are all their major free agents. So, Miles Sanders, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, James Bradbury, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham. I think they can get a couple of those guys back, and I think that'll help him out. Hertz is eligible for an extension. I think they will give him the extension for two reasons, because they need to keep him happy, and also because I think he wildly deserves it. And so I, I think he'd be willing to stay as well. I honestly think he'd be willing to stay even without the extension, but I think they'll be safe and just go ahead and give it to him. So at number four, I also have the Eagles. I mean, they have so much talent, but like you said, they have to pay so many people. And they lost the irreplaceable position offensive coordinator. 
They also lost their defensive coordinator, which he obviously he got a whole bunch of hate at the end of the season for not being able to cover one Chiefs play because it was the same play that they were running over and over again. And I, I mean, yeah, hate, I get it, but not so much. He coached a great year in Philadelphia, and he had a lot of talent, but he used that talent well. So that's my number four is the Eagles. They're also not losing their core. They're not losing their core, and yeah, that's everything I have to say. So number three, I have the Bills. Uh, I think, and I said this when he was coming out of college, that Josh Allen is, I think he's a top three quarterback in the NFL, which some people might hear and say is crazy, but I love him. He was tied for number two in terms of overall touchdowns this year with Joe Burrow. Obviously, that has to do with him playing more games than a lot of people, but, or do they count playoffs? They don't count playoffs, do they? They don't count playoffs. Okay, so yeah, number two at number two at touchdowns. I think he was like number three in the And yards. they actually played one less game. Oh, that's true. Although, if he's behind Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow right. he played the same amount of games as Burrow. Yeah. Okay, either way. he thirty Yeah, 35 touchdowns. That was number two in the league. Tied for number two in the league. 4,200 yards was tied for like, or not tied for. Th- 4,200 yards was number three or four, something around there. I think he was three. Was he three? I'm, we're just going to go with that. Either way, I think that warrants being considered a top three receiver. Not to mention that uh, helps the Bills make it all the way to the divisional round. Yeah? Divisional round. Divisional round. Yep. Uh, I, I have some little little comment. So I do like the Bills a lot. The Bills are not on my top five list, actually. Mm. I'm a huge bills fan i love what they do over there i love their people uh it's just a fun atmosphere but losing brian dable was a much bigger loss than anybody thought could have thought it would be he just he coaches so well and the offensive coordinator they had this year joe lombardi was horrible now they fired him i think i'm why am i not remembering this they did fire him they had to have because he was horrible and they brought in somebody better, but they, you can't bring back in Brian Dayball. And he was just such a huge part of their success in former years mm. that I just think a loss of him is so huge. And he, they were going to be my honorable mention if I did that, but I decided to skip that part. Okay. Yeah, so uh, my second point for the Bills, uh, I think Diggs is an incredible receiver. He's obviously going to need, need some help, though. There's some pretty solid receivers hitting free agency. Uh, Hardman and Juju among them, both from the Chiefs. Maybe the Bills could afford to snag one of those guys that would help Diggs out a little bit. They could use some help on the line, but I still think they're going to have an electric offense despite everything. And I think it's been since the 90s since the Bills have gone to the dance, uh, and I would love to see what Bills Mafia would do with uh, with the Super Bowl appearance. It so, would be a fun game. That would be so awesome. <laughs> My number three, I have the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, they just constantly seem to be one piece away from a Super Bowl. Joe Burrow, still on his rookie contract. Jamar Chase, still on his rookie contract. There's a chance that they lose a piece or two. Pretty good chance. But they still have their core, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, and a couple other guys. And... They can use the free agency and the draft to build around them. And if they do so successfully, if they have a draft like the Seahawks did, 
where they got a right tackle and a left tackle. If they have a draft like the Lions did where they got huge positional players. If they have a draft like the Jets did where they had offensive rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year. If they have one of these kind of decent, decent, A-plus drafts hit it out of the park, they'll be a Super Bowl team this year because they just seem to be one piece away. That is the exact reason uh, that they're my number two team. And I think that number two, or I, I think that piece that they're missing is the offensive line. Joe Burrow was sacked in the regular season more than any other playoff quarterback, and they made the AFC Championship. He was sacked the sixth most time, sixth most, sixth most times of any quarterback in the league, and they made the AFC Championship. I think that O-line is their missing piece. They're still going to have Joe Burrow, and he's also eligible for extension. They're not losing Jamar. They're not losing Higgins. Uh, and I think you're exactly right. They are one piece away, and I think that piece is the offensive line. My number two is the – this is where we're also going to be different. My number one I don't think is on your list. So my number two is the Kansas City Chiefs. They did just win the Super Bowl, and their defense is good, and they're all young except Chris Jones. But, like, they can pay all these guys, and they're much improved. And with these two things plus their passing attack, which is by far the scariest in football. By What do you think? By far the scariest in football? The passing attack? The passing attack. Yeah, I mean, even just with Mahomes at quarterback, that's half the battle. But, yes, I agree with you. Yeah, between Kelsey, Mahomes, obviously, they're probably going to lose at least two of their receivers to free agency. Yeah, yeah. Almost all of them are free agents. Skymore was not the guy that we thought he was going to – well, that they thought he was going to be. Like I said, I'm not – wasn't really a fan anyways. But their run game is much improved. I – my favorite player on the Kansas City Chiefs is Isaiah Pacheco. The guy runs like um, – he runs like he's just angry at the ground. Like, he just – he's looking down. I've never seen a guy run so angry, and I love it so much. He's probably my favorite running back maybe in the whole league to watch. He's not, like, the most talented by any means, but he's just so much fun to watch. And they have a good run game, a good defense. Their passing attack is by far the best. And the passing attack is now, at the moment, the most efficient way to move the football. But they lost Eric Bieniemy. I think we'll see as the regular season starts. Obviously, you still have Andy Reid. So we'll see how big of a loss Bieniemy is. But for now, they're number two. The Chiefs were my number one. I think this past year, the Kansas City Chiefs were maybe the most complete team that I've seen in so long. I mean, I can't really think of a hole that they might have had, except unless you count Mahomes' injury. Uh, And I don't think they're slowing down. They're obviously going to get Mahomes back. Like you said, they're going to lose a few receivers to free agency, so maybe they won't be quite as complete next year. I think they're going to lose either Hardman or Juju. I'm not sure which one. Kelsey's still there. He's not going anywhere. The draft will only help them. I just I just don't see the Chiefs slowing down anytime soon. Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league. Whether you like him or not, it's true. Yeah, I think the Chiefs are not slowing down. They're the best team in the league, and they will be for, I think, quite a long time. So I think that the Chiefs were the second most complete team in football. My number one most complete team, 
the number one most talented team in the league. And my pick for the number one on my power rankings of the top five teams in the NFL next year is the San Francisco 49ers. Okay. I just want to know why they weren't on your list before before I even start. Why were they not on your list? The quarterback situation scares me so much because they're obviously losing Jimmy Garoppolo. Trey Lance will be ready for uh, spring practice, they said, and Brock Purdy won't be back until late July, early August. Trey Lance, I was not convinced when I saw him play. I know it was only a couple weeks, but I still was not convinced. And Brock Purdy, I'm just so scared that he's going to be one of those one-and-done type guys. Obviously, their defense is absolutely incredible, but at least the offense of a team has to be built around a quarterback, and I'm not quite sure that the 49ers have like a solid quarterback situation going for them. You can, do you have anything to say? Yeah, so I'll tell you why they're my number one. So until... So let's go back to the, the Super Bowl game where Josh Johnson, as I said, scored a touchdown drive against the Eagles. And they obviously they lost to the Eagles, but they lost to the Eagles without any quarterbacks left. Brock Purdy couldn't throw the ball. When Brock Purdy was throwing the ball on literally like the first or the when Josh Johnson was throwing the ball on the like third drive of the game, they still looked like one of the scariest offenses in football against one of the best defenses in football. That's insane. Josh Johnson, like 13th team. This guy is practice squad guy normally. This guy rarely sees NFL snaps in especially not in the playoffs and he looked good. He looked good. They have the best defense in football by a mile. Nick Bosa led the league in sacks. Teron Armstead is dangerous, another defensive lineman. Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw are the best linebacker in football and another top five linebacker in football, which is absolutely insane. They have a phenomenal offensive line. They have the best skill group in all of football by a mile. Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, George Kittle. Wow. You na- you put all those four of those names, and you're like, oh look, those guys are those guys are pr- they're all on the same team, they are all on the exact same team. And I'm a Trey Lance believer, and I think that even if, even if Trey Lance, first of all, Jimmy Garoppolo is willing to sign for like, two million dollars to stay in Fran- San Francisco. I do think that he's gone, but like he really likes it there because he knows that he's there because he succeeds. But I just. This team is the scariest team I've ever seen. Number one defense. You can run with any kind of quarterback as long as you even have one that's healthy left on your roster. That was their problem. They ran out of healthy quarterbacks. That's my number one team. Scary. So scary. Super Bowl favorite, obviously, then? I believe so. NFC is also not as strong, so it's a little easier to win. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Outside Source Football on 101 Radio Free Hillsdale. Uh, please follow us on Instagram at OSFB underscore pod. We're also on Twitter at the exact same um, username, the exact same username, the exact same at uh, outside OSFB underscore pod. Uh, we'll be posting on there our top five teams and a couple other things as we posted our top five big board from last week. We will be on Sundays at 1 p.m. as we have been. Thank you and please continue listening. See you next week.